the city of Providencialis. Here is tonight's Nations Report with Zoya Fessler. Royal Turks and Caicos Islands police continue to arrest and charge offenders. Nigerian man sentenced for organizing attack on Guyana president home. Japan drops from being world's third largest economy. A look at sports and the weekend weather forecast. All those and more coming up right now. Well, listeners, it's the end of another work week. The weekend is here again. It's Friday, February 16th, 2024. Pleasure to have you join us today. We'll start with news from the Royal Turks and Caicos Islands Police. Jacqueline Cadet of South Dock Road, Providenciales, was found guilty on Tuesday, the 13th of February, of possession of firearm and possession of ammunition. Following the guilty verdict, Cadet, 44 years old, is expected to be sentenced on March 21st. The charges against Cadet stemmed from a December 20th, 2022 incident. Around 4 a.m., officers of the Royal Turks and Caicos Islands Police Force executed an authority to search for a firearm at Cadet's home. During the search, a black 45 caliber handgun and ammunition were found inside a closet in his bedroom. He was arrested and charged with the offenses. And a 60-year-old man of Grand Turk will appear in court at the next available date, charged with one count of sexual assault. Officers of the Safeguarding and Public Protection Unit charged James Godet following a report made by a 51-year-old female victim. The incident allegedly occurred on November 30, 2023, in North Caicos. Following investigations, Godet was charged on Tuesday, the 13th of February. Anyone with information on illegal activities or crimes are asked to call the nearest police station, 911, Crime Stoppers at 1-800-8477 or the Serious Crimes Unit at 649-231-1842. And in the recent House of Assembly sitting, Thursday, February 15, 2024, the Deputy Premier, also the Minister of Finance, Investment and Trade, the Honorable E.J. Saunders, moved the Supplementary Appropriation 2023-2024, Number 3 Bill 2024. The purpose of the Supplementary Appropriation Bill is that the government uses the supplementary budget to ensure that the created budget is promptly spent before the end of the financial year, which is March 31st, primarily as it relates to capital projects. This means that for the projects which will not be completed in that time frame, the government reallocates the funds to those projects they are confident will yield the best returns for the nation. For the full House of Assembly session, you can visit our website at www.rtc89fm.com slash podcasts, where you will find the sessions in two parts. And Seven Stars Resort copped the overall title at this year's staging of the Salvation Army's Chocolate Lovers Showcase, held at the Palms Resort in Providenciales on Saturday, February 2nd, with two categories up for grabs, sweet and savory. The event, which is in its 14th year, saw many resorts and restaurants across Providenciales presenting their best chocolate-based creations, which were judged by the scores of patrons who attended the event. 
The winners were decided on a people's choice basis. An elated Damien Carter executive chef at Seven Stars Resort told Newsline TCI that the sweet presentation was a chocolate dome, with its recipe being chocolate as its main ingredient, comprised of other things such as banana and a boost of vanilla. Carter explained that for the savory, they presented a braised oxtail slider, pointing out that for the slider, they used a chocolate brioche burger bun. Pelican Bay Restaurant took the second-place title in the savory category, while Como Parrot Key, who lost to seven stars by a single point, was second in the sweet division. For her part, Leslie Foss, executive member of the Salvation Army TCI board, said that she was elated at the excitement that the event continues to generate. She said the chefs from all the resorts once again blew their creations out of the park. Foss pointed out that proceeds from the event will go towards the Salvation Army school's lunch program. Last year, organizers say was the best chocolate lover showcase event so far in terms of fundraising, pointing out that approximately $53,000 was raised. Hopefully this year comes close or even exceeds that amount. Now, travel agent and chairman's Royal Club member Robbie Ginn recently visited the Turks and Caicos Islands, bringing with her 300 copies of inspirational literature geared towards strengthening community bonds and fostering the moral development of youth and adults alike. Having participated in several educational outreach efforts in different schools throughout Providenciales on previous visits, Ginn returned with a better understanding of what some of the needs of the wider society are. Ginn uses her skill of organization and knowledge of the travel industry to serve her community service groups, both locally and internationally. Knowing her passion for education, caring and outreach, once she made a request among her peers for unused copies of the literature to be provided, she received more than she had bargained for, but left nothing behind. Titles of some of the study guides are From Wonder to Rejection, From Conquest to Kingdom, and From Captivity to Restoration. Accompanied by Orville Morgan and Jody Ann Scott Banton, the public relations team at Beaches Turks and Caicos, Ginn visited the Jericho Baptist Church and the New Life Worship Center. The visit to the New Life Worship Center was one of historical significance. Ginn and the Sandals Foundation team were warmly welcomed by Pastor Derek Hanna and wife Nicola. The conversational exchange revealed that Pastor Hannah's mother, Helena Green, had worked at Beaches, Turks and Caicos as a hostess at the Reflections restaurant between 1998 and 2002, and that Nicola had also worked at Beaches as a weddings and sales assistant in 1999, when Ginn made her first visit to Beaches, Turks and Caicos. The two marveled over the fact that they may very well have crossed paths at that time and how this donation has allowed them to establish a direct connection 24 years later. Ginn shared that in places where I've been, there are many people whose lives are falling apart and we need to find a way to reach them so they can help reach others. I hope that this donation will help provide an opportunity for moral guidelines and principles to be strengthened among the members of the community, thus promoting virtues such as honesty, compassion, and empathy, end quote. As the donated books find their place in the hands and hearts of readers, the Sandals Foundation anticipates the positive transformation of the moral and intellectual landscape of the community. That was your local news. Regional is up next.
Nigerian man has received a three-month prison sentence after pleading guilty to orchestrating an attack on President Dr. Mohamed Irfan Ali's official residence in Guyana in 2022. Magistrate Leron Daly of the Georgetown Magistrates Court delivered the verdict on Monday, convicting Bethel Shimizi of discharging a loaded firearm with intent against presidential guard Quincy Cummings. Reports are that on December 15, 2022, Shimizi launched an attack on the president's residence, shooting at two presidential guards and stabbing Talon Pereira after being denied entry to State House. In recognition of Pereira's valor during the assault, Pereira was promoted by President Ali. The Guyana police force said Shimizi faced a maximum sentence of 15 months in prison, but the jail term was reduced after Daly considered the time he spent on remand. Shimizi will spend three years of supervised probation after serving the prison term. Now it's one of the most iconic spots in all of Nassau and Paradise Island in the Bahamas, the Queen's Staircase, which was built in the mid-1830s and eventually named for Queen Victoria. The staircase in the heart of downtown Nassau was hand-carved by 600 formerly enslaved people who carved an impressive 66 steps using only rudimentary tools. It was originally intended to be a hidden pedestrian access to the eastern portion of the local community. It was named for Victoria, who signed a declaration to abolish slavery upon her ascension to the throne in 1837. Now, the beloved staircase is getting new life thanks to a $200,000 initiative by the Nassau Paradise Island Promotion Board, which seeks to preserve and enhance this iconic spot steeped in rich history. With its historical significance and architectural splendor, the Queen's Staircase holds a special place in the hearts of both locals and visitors. The wide-ranging project will include the repair and restoration of the staircase's water feature, the installation of solar LED lighting, new lighting systems for the staircase and walkway, new landscaping, upgraded site signage, and a new information plaque monthly maintenance, and other projects. For almost 200 years, this staircase has become such a prominent tourist attraction, what was once meant to be invisible has been observed, photographed, and traversed by millions, with many more visitors expected in the future thanks to this project. And Sadella Marley will donate a guitar that belonged to her father, reggae legend Bob Marley, to the Island Space Caribbean Museum in Broward County, Florida. Sadella made the announcement during the inaugural Reggae Genealogy Music Festival and concert event at Broward Mall this past weekend, where she received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Island Space Caribbean Museum. Sadella has not only contributed to the preservation of Bob Marley's legacy, but has also made significant contributions to Jamaican culture and sports. She is the CEO of her father's recording label, Tough Gong International. She also helps run her family's charitable organization, One Love. Sadella is the acting director of the Bob Marley Foundation, which seeks to deliver social interventions throughout Jamaica through educational and community development initiatives. 
Additionally, she oversees Hope Road Merchandising LLC, a Marley family entity that manages the rights to Bob's name and likeness, and the Marley Merchandising Conglomerate, House of Marley. Up until last month, she was also a sponsor and official ambassador of the Jamaica Reggae Girls team. She most notably helped fund the team through their surprise qualification for the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup. She's also a three-time Grammy Award-winning singer. That was your regional news. World News is up next. Japan's economy is now the world's fourth largest after it contracted in the last quarter of 2023 and fell behind Germany. The government reported the economy shrank at an annual rate of 0.4% from October to December, according to Cabinet Office data on real GDP released Thursday, though it grew 1.9% for all of 2023. Two straight quarters of contraction are considered an indicator an economy is in a technical recession. Japan's economy was the second largest until 2010 when it was overtaken by China. Japan's nominal GDP totaled $4.2 trillion last year, while Germany's was $4.4 or $4.5 trillion, depending on the currency conversion. A weaker Japanese yen, the official currency, was a key factor in the drop to fourth place since comparisons of nominal GDP are in dollar terms. But Japan's relative weakness also reflects a decline in its population and lagging productivity and competitiveness, economists say. Both the Japanese and German economies are powered by strong, small and medium-sized businesses with solid productivity. Like Japan in the 1960s through the 1980s for most of this century, Germany roared ahead, dominating global markets for high-end products like luxury cars and industrial machinery, selling so much to the rest of the world that half its economy ran on exports. As an island nation with relatively few foreign residents, Japan's population has been shrinking and aging for years, while Germany's has grown to nearly 85 million as immigration helped to make up for a low birth rate. The gap between developed countries and emerging nations is shrinking, with India likely to overtake Japan in nominal GDP in just a few years. The United States remains the world's largest economy by far, with GDP at $27.94 trillion in 2023, while China's was at $17.5 trillion. India is about $3.7 trillion, but growing at a sizzling rate of around 7%. And the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, approved the first medication to treat severe frostbite on Wednesday. Orlumin, manufactured by Actelian Pharmaceuticals U.S. Inc., is an injection to treat severe frostbite in adults to reduce the risk of finger or toe amputation. Frostbite is an injury that occurs when the skin and the underlying tissues are damaged by cold temperatures. Treatment typically involves placing the skin in warm water or placing blankets over affected skin area. Frostbite typically occurs in three stages, with the final stage being severe frostbite, which results in numbness and skin that turns hard and black due to skin cells dying. 
Large blisters will appear on the skin a day or two after cold exposure, and skin may be permanently damaged, according to Cleveland Clinic. If underlying tissues are frozen and blood flow has stopped, the frostbitten extremity may need to be amputated. Iloprost is the active ingredient in Orlumin and is a vasodilator, a type of drug that dilates vessels so blood can flow easily and prevents clotting. It was originally approved in 2004 for the treatment of pulmonary arterial hypertension. In a controlled trial, researchers examined 47 adults with severe frostbite, all of whom received aspirin by vein and standard of care. They were separated into three groups. The first group received the drug intravenously for six hours daily for up to six days. The two remaining groups received medications that are unapproved for frostbite. The second group was given those medications with Iloprost and the third group without it. The patients received bone scans seven days after their initial frostbite to predict the need for amputation of at least one finger or toe. And a Broward Sheriff's Office sergeant was arrested at Miami International Airport on Tuesday on drug-related charges. He began employment in 2013. Reports are that 35-year-old Sergeant Brian Vidal Lorenzo has been charged with possession of a controlled substance and importing a controlled substance into Florida, as stated in an arrest report. It was reported that Lorenzo was arrested after Customs and Border Protection officers suspected that he was carrying MDMA, commonly known as ecstasy, upon his arrival at the airport. The illicit substance was reportedly discovered concealed within a cargo pocket of his ski pants. Following his arrest, Lorenzo was taken into custody and subsequently booked into jail. He was placed on administrative leave without pay after being arrested. Lorenzo was booked into the Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center in Miami-Dade County. On February 14, 2024, he appeared in bond court. A judge required Lorenzo to attend drug counseling. He was released after posting a total bond of $5,000. That was your World News Sports is up next. The second annual Royal Cup Inter-High School All-Star Basketball Game takes place today, Friday, February 16th at the Gustavus Lightburn Sports Complex. The top players from around the country will be assembled into teams East and West to battle it out for the winning trophy. In 2023, it was Team East who took the crown. Team East is being coached by Omadi Morris and consists of students from Marjorie Baston High School, H.J. Robinson, Raymond Gardner, a. Louise Garland Thomas High, Wesley Methodist, and Alpha Christian Academy. Team West will be coached by Kenneth Grant and Kevin Harvey and will consist of students from Clement Howell High School, Maranatha, Elite, T-Sips, Precious Treasures, British West Indies Collegiate, and Holy Family. Who will be the Royal Cup champions this year? Stay tuned. We will bring you updates in a subsequent newscast.
We'll now go over to the nation's capital where Eliza Simon's primary school has been hosting Sports Day. We're here at the Eliza Simons Primary School in the nation's capital, where they are culminating their sporting event for this year. Today's activities got off to a late start due to inclement weather conditions. However, after two exciting days of sporting activities, the points standing are as follows. Leading the pack is the Tigers' house, 493 points. The Bulls are in second place with 485 points. Lions are in third place with 477 points. The Wolves are in fourth place with 450 points. Very, very close competition, Zoyal. Who will be the 2024 Interhouse Champions at the Eliza Simons Primary School? We will bring you updates in our subsequent newscasts. For Radio Turks and Caicos, I'm Anissa Selver. Also on Saturday, February 17th, in gearing up for the inter-high school track meet, a development meet of sprints and throws will be held at the National Stadium, clocking students' times and preparing for the upcoming inter-high event. That was a look at sports. The weather forecast is up next. Friday, let's take a look at the weekend weather forecast with the TCI National Weather Service. Good afternoon, Turks and Caicos. The general situation, a weakening front boundary extends just southeast of the Turks and Caicos Islands, supporting some cloudiness and chance of light shower activity today. Special warnings. Beachgoers and small craft operators should exercise caution due to moderate swells and a risk of rip currents along the north and east coastal beaches. Weather. Partly cloudy with isolated showers possible, mostly fair and mild tonight. Advisory, small craft caution is in effect. Winds are northeast to east at 10 to 20 knots. Seas are 3 to 5 feet near shore, filling up to 5 to 7 feet in northeasterly swells along Atlantic exposures, 3 feet or less along southern coastlines. Daytime high temperature is 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Overnight low temperature is 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Sunset is at 5.46 p.m. The next high tide is at 12.43 p.m. The next low tide is at 6.23 p.m. The extended forecast for the next two days. The frontal boundary is expected to weaken tonight as high pressure builds across the area. The high pressure will support fair and stable weather conditions. Moderate seas will continue through the weekend. Forecast for Saturday. Partly sunny and warm, becoming mostly fair and mild tonight. Advisory, small craft caution will remain in effect. Winds are southeasterly at 10 to 15 knots, increasing to 15 to 20 knots at night. Seas are 4 to 6 feet o- over the ocean. Sunrise is at 6.18 a.m. Sunset is at 5.46 p.m. Forecast for Sunday, partly sunny and warm, becoming fair and mild at night. Advisory, small craft caution will remain in effect. Winds are southeast to south at 10 to 15 knots, increasing to 15 to 20 knots at night. Seas are 4 to 6 feet over the ocean. Sunrise is at 6.17 a.m. Sunset is at 5.47 p.m. And that is a three-day public weather forecast issued on the 16th of February by the Texan Caicos Islands National Weather Service. The next three-day forecast will be issued on Monday. Thank you all so much. That wraps up the weather. (music) 
Recapping the news, Royal Turks and Caicos Islands police continue to arrest and charge offenders. Nigerian man sentenced for organizing attack on Guyana president home. Japan drops from being world's third largest economy. Once again, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to The Nation Station. If you missed today's presentation, any other newscast, or any of your favorite shows, you can always visit our website at www.rtc89fm.com or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store. Turks and Caicos, it's been a pleasure. Stay safe. Have a wonderful weekend. God's willing, we'll be back on Monday. Join us again on Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.